All right, gentlemen. So good morning. Lots of great stories to cover that came out yesterday. And a lot of good, I think, good stuff that might be the secret to unlocking some inventory for this market, which we're going to get into. Two really, really, I think, positive things came out yesterday that we're going to cover in today's episode. And then I want to talk about the greatest lead generation strategy that no one's talking about, that nobody focuses on. For whatever reason, I don't know, but we're going to jump into it. So before we jump into the episode, if anybody watching or listening to the show wants to raise their level of accountability, wants to get into a coaching relationship so that you can extract your highest potential, we will put a link to schedule some time to talk with our team about our listing agent academy. We'll put it right underneath this video. Feel free to click it, schedule some time, and then we can talk about whether or not it makes sense to work together or not. So gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. So let's let's first start talking. I want to, uh, we'll dive in and talk about the bill that was earlier released this year that essentially their belief in if this thing passes is going to unlock some inventory for us because the bill would increase the sales gain tax exclusion from 500,000 for single filers and up to a million for joint filers. And we're talking about capital gains tax. And I thought this was massive because I love that the government's saying, well, how do we find unlocked inventory or how do we unlock some inventory? And maybe if we have some incentives, this and get some people off the sideline. So, Ben, what were your thoughts when you saw this story come out? Yeah, I, I think I think it's great, right, to keep up with inflation. So, context right now, it's at two fifty and five hundred, and they're going to double both sides, right? And just for everybody listening, if you don't know, it's like if you sell the house, right? You bought it for a hundred, you're selling it for now thirty years later, five hundred. <laughs> You know, you've got four hundred thousand dollars of gains there that you would have to pay taxes on. And historically, you know, if you're a single guy, you're uh, anything above the two fifty, you'd be paying taxes on. Now it's five hundred. You'd keep it all, right? Yeah. So incentivizing these people to sell, you know, I, I think it's great. But I think, to be honest with you, like thirty eight percent of of owners in the U.S have owned a home or own a home right now free and clear okay so for me it's like i think there's some people out there that if they own their house free and clear they might be thinking further down the road of more like inheritance it's part of their legacy their and, estate and this yeah it's this isn't going to incentivize them to sell any different than before because They've got the cash to go buy another house cash, especially if they're going to downsize. Yeah. So while I love this, I just don't know how much this is actually going to really make the market shift. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be... I agree. I mean, this isn't going to just all of a sudden homeowners find out about this and then we have this huge influx of new listings like we'd like for them to, have, uh, to happen. <laughs> but certainly... We get questions all the time from sellers, and our agents bring this up in coaching calls all the time. Well, what what about the guy who's who who says what about capital gains tax? I mean, yeah. this is a big solution. That if this 
ca uh, capital gains tax exclusion doubles, it helps. Because if no Bob doubt. and Sue, who have the house, to your point, who who is maybe paid off, like this, we call this old people in big houses. That's what the strategy is called, right? Downsizers. Yeah. yeah. You've got these people been in the house for 40, 50 years, and they have you know, 800,000 of their wealth tied up in this property. Yeah. This helps them a lot. I mean, we're talking yep. about a, a massive uh, tax implication that now gets released. That's a big deal. And then those no, folks no. that are maybe at, a, at, a, at an interest rate where they're like, I don't want to sell Colton because I'm not going from two and a half to 7%. If, if we can get a little bit more relief on mortgage interest rates, which I think we will over the summer, and you get some tax relief, maybe it's enough to get people over the hump. But Ben, I agree. I mean, it's not going to move the needle that much, but it definitely, I think, will help. Hmm. Yep. It's not going to hurt, right? Colton, yeah, it gives them an opportunity expert, to diversify uh, too, right? What's that? It gives them an opportunity to diversify too, right? So like, I've got all this cash, like you're talking about in my home. Now I can take some of it, put it into another home. Some of it I can put into different avenues in, versus everything in, in that real estate. Well, what, what are the numbers? I mean, and I'm Ben, like you're the numbers guy, right? So like if we looked at before, I mean, tap, capital gains, obviously there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just a straight number, but if you call it 20, 25%, right? Mm -hmm. And now both... Well, one went up five hundred thousand. One went up two hundred fifty thousand. But we're talking about a, a tax exposure of like forty, fifty thousand dollars in, in real dollars and cents. I mean, that's not peanuts. That's not nothing. I mean, a homeowner can get that tax relief, and to your point, put that into uh, maybe putting it down on a on another property to make this affordability issue, which is massive right now, get better. Maybe they've got, they've got money to invest into a lower interest rate that otherwise they wouldn't have, right? These are sure. all you know, opportunities for the housing market. My, my main takeaway when I saw this uh, story drop yesterday was I like that our government is looking at ways to help this very serious issue for real estate because home prices aren't going anywhere. They're, they're staying right. put. Case Schiller just came out with the home price index yesterday. And they're up again two three percent. That's not the issue. Anybody, someone's anytime someone's talking about a housing market crash, like we're talking about home prices. I don't think that's the mm -hmm. risk. What we're talking about that is an absolute crisis is transactions, home sales. Mm -hmm. They have fallen off an absolute cliff. I mean, it. We're gonna. We are back in two thousand eight two thousand nine territory. Because the new seasonality, the, the, the new projection is that we go way back down to 4.2, 4.3 million home sales. And the last time that we saw that was during the Great Recession. That's the real crisis. And it's obviously because of mortgage interest rates and there's just nothing for sale. Which brings me up, I guess, into another really good story that just dropped yesterday which stated that more than two in five home sellers, two in five, are making concessions to buyers, which is nearly double than where it was last year. So 42.9% of every real estate transaction over the past three months had some type of seller concession. Now, this used to be a big thing when I first got started in the industry. It was like, 
almost every single offer had you went right down to the other terms on the purchase contract. Your eyeballs were trained <laughs> to go, okay, how much is the buyer asking? Yep. Are they asking for 3% concessions? Or are they asking, what are they asking for? But then it yep. fell off a cliff. I mean, if an offer over the last five years even had seller concessions, it was a quick call to the buyer's agent, like, buddy, go back to the drawing board. Wrong time, wrong place. None of that's happening. But when you see almost half of the transactions closing right now with seller concessions, maybe this is another thing that real estate agents are communicating to their client to say, listen, this maybe this is how we get the home sold. Mm. And to buyers, it's like, well, buyer, yeah, rates are at 7%. It's not ideal, but we can get concessions from the seller and use those funds to invest into a lower interest rate, making these properties more affordable. It's another call. I would call it an unlocking to a new level, like in Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. that, that will help more transactions happen. And there's all kinds of strategic ways on how to write those offers and how to navigate your sellers through that. Because the same report said, not only are, are home sellers giving concessions to get their home sold, but it also said that one in five, 20% during the same period ended up having to sell the home for below asking price. That's a mm. big deal. Mm -hmm. Because for a long time, we saw real estate transactions on average over the asking price. That's dropping that list to sold price ratio. So here's my thought on this, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Is if I'm representing a buyer or a seller, there the the key takeaway is that there are options that maybe in, in a way to structure a transaction that maybe most buyers or sellers aren't aren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about is seller concessions. And if I can go to a seller to say, listen, we can, I know there's not a lot of buyers out there. But here's maybe what we can do from a pricing strategy perspective. We could price the property in a way that has has the price built into it some type of offering, mm -hmm. right? Some type of offering to a buyer that would incentivize them to purchase your home over the competition. And mm -hmm. then the same thing for my buyer client. I know house, housing affordability is insane. And I know there's not a lot out there. But if we can get these concessions from a seller... Does that help ease that burden of down payment and monthly mortgage payment? Ben, your thoughts? It, it appears that um, you know a lot of this is coming from prices being too high still, right? So sellers still want 2020 prices and, and buyers want 08 prices, right? So true. So um, I, I think that that maybe it 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 lets it be a win-win. The seller gets to feel good about getting his price and the buyer's net price is lower um, to more in line with where they need to be. And I think over time, those prices will adjust back because we're still like, what, 40% over you know where prices were pre-pandemic. So as they kind of creep back, which you've talked a lot about, to those normal inflation over pre-pandemic, you know, of three to 6% a year, um, this will help kind of back it down and for people's new reality to kind of come to fruition, if you will. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Cole. And it, it's going to take time too. Like you said earlier, there it's, 
there's not going to be one broad stroke that fixes the housing market. It's these little things. It's the the tax incentive. It's concessions are coming back and it's all these little chips. I mean, it took us how many years to get here. And so, you know, it's going to take some time to get it back to normal at the same time. Yeah. And and the other thing is this. I want to talk talk about how to use this in, in a practical sense. Mm, you know, I'm always thinking about, okay, as a real estate agent, how can I get the edge to grow my business? Well, now you have another, um, I guess, uh, another tool in your tool bag to offer a tangible value add to a buyer or seller that maybe you weren't using over the past three, four, five years. Maybe mm. this helps you to secure more listings. Maybe this helps you to, to, to get the buyer off the fence. And I love that from a buyer's perspective, right? Because if you can, Ben, to your point, if you can create a win-win, but especially for the buyer, if you can mm -hmm. go to the buyer and say, listen, I get it. Rates are at this percent. Well, let me ask you this. This is why new home sales are off the chart because builders are smart. They've gone to the marketplace that says, don't pay 7%. Come with us and you can get four and three quarters. Of mm -hmm. course, they're all going to new homes. Well, what if you could do the same thing with resale? They say... Mm -hmm. Colton, Mr. Buyer, would it help if we can get into a home that you that you like in the area that you want and we can get you a payment around this because of a strategy I want to talk to you about? Would be would that be something you'd be opposed to? Because what do buyers care about? They only care about two things, right? They care about monthly payment yep. and cash due at signing. Yep. That's right. What they're not doing is they don't write a checkout for their purchase price every month no and no. they don't write out a check every month to an interest rate mm. so that's what they think about how much is the house and what is the interest rate but those two things are, are have very we have to explain to the to the buyer what do those two things mean and that is here's what your monthly payment will be this month and every month moving forward can you live with that and if we can structure the offer in a way that allows us to get a lower interest rate who cares about the interest rate? That's where people are stopping, Ben. It's here's what the payment looks like with this strategy. And here's now your cash due at, at closing. You got option A and option B. It opens up a whole new world, I think, for buyers and sellers if agents continue to communicate this to their clients or to their potential clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, I, th I think part yeah. of it too is back to my previous point is we have people still out there that have been this payment got them this all inclusive vacation, and now the same payment is getting them you know a, a very different vacation, very different home than it did before. And I think as you get through this cycle and it's the new norm, you get new buyers, new sellers in the new norm, then. It, it will loosen things up as well. So I had a I had another thought too on just concessions and just, you know, back in the previous market we were in before, you know, this is this is where we're at now. We we need to be more creative, right? So the sellers need to be more creative, the buyers coming in need to be more creative. And you know, as I start thinking about creativity and it, it gets me thinking about creative finance. And I think in in today's world, a lot of creative finance the last couple of years have been in the investor world and been ways that people could get in to buy these more expensive pieces of real estate. 
for less money down, et cetera. But as we move in, maybe on the residential side, something to keep in mind is back to something we talked about earlier, 38% of people own a home free and clear. You know, what if as we're sitting down with sellers, we present an idea of potentially changing things where they get more money, but it also incentivizes a buyer to be able to win as well. So I think about something that was done a lot uh, in, in 08, 09, 10 is seller financing, yeah. right? So, you know, definitely consult with an attorney to draft this stuff up. Don't go, you know, back behind, um, you know, the house and just draft it up yourself. But, you right. know, like I think about, okay, if, if a guy owns this house free and clear, you know, he doesn't maybe need all the cash right now, but you, you set up a world where the buyer still puts 20% down. You guys come up with a reasonable interest rate. And, you know, I, I read an article, it said they took a survey and 70% of prospective home buyers told the researchers that they were not willing to accept a mortgage rate above 5.5. That was wow. the magic number right? So if, if we look at the magic rate number, now you get more purchase power, right? So the seller gets a higher price. The, the buyer gets a, a monthly payment to justify that price. And, it, and it's a win-win. And it doesn't have to be traditional 30-year mortgage. Right. Go in there, 5.5%, 20% down with a 3 or a five-year balloon where the seller can sell his house and win, the buyer gets into the house and wins, and then in five years, the, the seller gets all of his cash to go do something different and can kind of spread out some of that gain. Um, yeah, I love a it. A little bit I too. I love it. I think seller financing is a phenomenal option. And that, that was another thing too, that kind of fell off a cliff over the last five years. Like you try to look for a land contract out there, like good luck, it ain't happening. Ain't it ain't happen. happening. But now as this market shifts, I think that's a really good point, Ben, is that, and I think it has to do with awareness. And I think it's mm -hmm. our job as real estate professionals to walk people through all of their options, you that's know, right. because uh, a land contract is such a great opportunity for the right person and it's just about being creative. It's not mm -hmm. just, well, interest rates are up and there's no inventory. So let me sit on my hands and Charlie Brown, you know, just yeah. do nothing. You know, it's like, no, you've got some other options. Let's go communicate this because, yeah, to your point, Bob and Sue, you know, sitting on 900000 of equity, houses paid off. They don't need all of the money, but mm -hmm. now they can move and get a return on that property. And how many people are out there, to your point, almost 40% of the people out there have a house that's paid off that has gone up in value 25, 30, 35, 40% over the last three years. Take advantage of that. Right, right. Sell, sell at a high price. Buyer gets into the house at a, at a payment that is affordable, to your point. Yeah, I think that could be a win-win. So, you know, just get super tactical Companies like, because I know people are sitting there, well, yeah, sure, that sounds great. How do I get in touch with these people? Companies like the Share Group, you can reach out to, you can get a list of all the property owners that own 
X amount of equity in their home, 100%, whatever. Maybe you go after people that, you know, have a master bedroom on the second level. And then you start, or people that are now not selling and renting these massive five bed, million and a half dollar properties. And you start to have those conversations. Yeah. Now, now you're starting to talk about, which I love, Ben, demographic farming. Because mm. agents are so used to geographic farming. Every single agent that will watch the show says, oh, yeah, I've heard about geographic farming. But then I ask them, well, what are, are you doing any demographic farming? To which they mm. respond and look at me like with, you know, sideways. Like, what, what is that? And so, yeah, I love that tip or that advice, Ben, is to go out there, get a list of all the people in your market that have a home free and clear and create a marketing or a prospecting plan of action to go and communicate with those folks. I love mm. it. Cool. Cool. Well, tee us up on some more tactical stuff. Maybe how, you know, I, I know you had something you wanted to chat about, but just getting into client service and yeah. um, some practical things there too. All right. So yeah, I mean, the thing, the, the, the way in which I look at the real estate business is from three main verticals in a real estate agent's business. One is client acquisition. This is what, Ben, most people are used to talking about. This is what everybody mm. talks about. This is mostly what I talk about on the channel, right? How to go out there, generate clients, get leads, convert those clients or those leads into clients. That has to do with client acquisition. Then the second vertical or the second bucket is client fulfillment, which is what I want to talk about. And then the third bucket is client retention. Mm -hmm. So I want, I, want, I want the audience to picture this for a second. If Because nobody, rarely I should say, uh, rarely do I hear people focused on the client experience. And when I frame it maybe this way, or when I heard it framed this way, everything changed for me. Imagine mm. for a second, you had one client and you weren't able mm. to market, you weren't able to prospect for new ones, okay? So you, you, you only had one client. And this plays because to be fair, most agents don't market and most agents don't prospect, right? They mm. get Ann Betty, they get one transaction, they get one opportunity. Well, I want to talk about how do we turn that one opportunity, that one transaction into a successful career? Because mm. this is the thing. When you have a client, somebody already using your service, if you were just to focus on giving that person a raving fan client experience and let that person go out into the world and be your biggest advocate, mm. what would happen is you your business would explode because what here's what I know is that most real estate agents get a client and it's an absolute nightmare, both for mm. them and the client. And both of them can't wait until this nightmare of a transaction's over. It's like pulling teeth to get to a closing table. Both of you don't even want to see each other. It's all weird. It's just like, you know, you got so many confrontations and bickering back and forth. And it's like, oh, I can't wait till this thing is done. Well, if that was, if that was the complete opposite, where the client, mm -hmm. Ben, walks into the closing table and says, Ben, I got to tell you, I mean, we've done a lot of business with a lot of different people. We've been around this world for a long time. No one, and I mean no one, has treated us the way that you have treated us. No mm. one has communicated the way that you've communicated. No one has given us a better experience than what you just did over the last 94 days. And for that, we want to thank you. That's mm. the goal. 
And if we can create a system, a process that you put a client through every time, no exceptions, no excuses. It's not like, oh, you got to think, should I call this guy? Should I update them? No, it's an amazing client experience. Your business will grow forever mm. and ever and ever and ever. Because here's the other thing. There's stats around it, and I don't have it on me right now, but most of real estate agents, most of their business comes by the way of referral, not because they have a strategy, but that's just how they sell their two or three houses a year. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, so, my first thought of experience, yeah. right? Somebody that has crushed this in a different industry, but the only thing they focused on, Chick-fil-A, the experience, That's right? right? How we're talking to you, how you're addressed, how you flow through the store, like all of those things. You think of the Ritz Carlton, right? Like they, those type of experiences, they just right now, it's like, I read a survey that said the the top three most stressful things that happen in your life are a death, divorce, and selling real estate. That's right. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And the thing is, you know, you're naming some companies that have really gotten this right. Probably the most famous is Tesla. Mm. Just until the last shareholder meeting two weeks ago, Tesla has not put $1 into marketing or advertising. Never. You've never seen a Tesla commercial. You've never seen any of that. They've done no marketing. Their clients, their customers are their marketing. Mm. And Tesla does amazing things, not to get too tactical, but they have what they call their, their Tesla advocate in every marketplace. This is mm. the person who refers the most people that buy a Tesla in a market. They give that person a free Tesla. Wow. You know that? Yeah. Each I've got market, a buddy that got a free charger because of his, you know, amount of referrals and stuff, but I didn't know the Tesla. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And you think about Tesla, right? It's like one of the most successful car companies on the planet, right? And no they do no advertising, no yeah. marketing. They let their experience from when somebody goes in and they test drive a Tesla. It's a whole thing. I mean, it's a whole when that experience is unbelievable. Not well, only they is changed the vehicle, it. They didn't, they didn't look at like, oh, okay, this is the way it's always been done. That's right? right. They started without showrooms, right? If you want to test drive it, you hit the button and the guy comes to your house with a Tesla and you hop in. Because, That's right. you know, just like Lamborghini said, it's, they were like, why don't you guys do commercials? Because the people that are buying our products aren't watching TV. That's love why. it. Right. So it's like you think about Tesla owners, right? They're they're out and about. They're at lunch. They're at the bar. They're they're talking about it on the golf course. Like that's their clientele. Those types of people, they want it's all about convenience, right? Yeah. I mean, you've bought cars. I've bought cars. Oh, it's yeah. painful. Even it's when you write a check, it's painful. ever. It's the worst. Nobody wants to go into a, a to a car dealer, sit there for half their day, bicker yep. back and forth with this, you know, this salesperson who just doesn't know her head from a hole in the ground. Well, let me go check with my manager. And they play these stupid yeah. games for four and a half hours. Yeah. It's a, it's a nightmare. Tesla, so what you go on the website, you put in your 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 account info and it's done, right? You That's just right. bought the car. It's incredible. It's incredible. And so there's a great book. Um, I think by Ken Blanchard, you know, uh, the uh, raving fans, and it's a mm -hmm. great book and it will give real estate agents a lot of ideas around how to create an experience that is just world-class that the clients never, mm. ever 
had in their life. And if an agent does this, Ben, it's my belief, and it's I'm living proof of it, they'll never have an issue with money again. They'll never mm. have a client problem again. Their business will always thrive because they have all these advocates that every time they do a transaction, their business compounds. But what most mm. agents do is they run almost like a conveyor belt. You know, It's like, go out there, spend all my energy on client acquisition, shove them through this nightmare of a process, and then turn on to burn. the next deal, on to the next turn and burn, turn and burn, turn and burn, turn and burn, turn. And then they wake up 17 years from now, still having to go door knock, still mm. having to go and cold call a for sale by owner. It's like, well, you screwed something up somewhere, you know? Mm. Um, because if you can really focus on that client experience, like I said, things get incredibly well. And so the framework that I like is, again, if you only had one client and you weren't able to prospect and you weren't able to market, you couldn't advertise. My question for myself that I would challenge the 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 audience with is, would your business grow or would it die? Mm -hmm. In other words, it was the the answer to that question would come down to the experience you gave that client. And when you think about it in that terms, like this is your last chance. You've got an opportunity to change this person's life in a way that they refer everybody to you. They can't stop talking about you to everybody everywhere they go. Or you can create a world where they never want to see your face again. Yeah. You know, and, and if you just focus on that, it will be the best lead generation thing you ever do. No doubt. And that's why you've got these companies like Tesla, because it's so different. You can't help but talk about it. So like we've talked about how do we become a swan in a pond of rubber duckies, right? In this real estate industry, how do we become the Tesla, right? In real estate. Um, and I think big corporations have tried to do it. And it's just keeping in mind, like, you don't have to be this mega company to to do this, right? It just starts with one person and and it'll just compound. And the book you referred to, they talk about having a thousand raving fans, right? In real estate, I mean, you talk about it a lot. You're, you're top 100. I think if you can have a hundred raving fans, I mean, you will be crushing it in this industry. Am I right? 100% right. Because our top 100 has been our flagship kind of focus for clients that we do our deepest work with. Because it's like, if you have 100 people and then you put them into our raving fan club, which is what happens afterwards, the goal is to get one introduction from all 100 mm. people. And for most agents, those have high conversion ratios. And everybody knows it. Everybody loves working with referrals. You get yeah. paid the highest amount. People love to work that that pillar of business. Well, imagine getting a hundred a year. Mm. I mean, for most agents, if they close 75, 80% of those, they're probably making seven figures, but they're yeah. not focused on that. They're focused on the next lead thing, the next shiny object, the next mm. marketing, you know, gadget gimmick out there on how I can get new leads, new leads, new leads. When it's like, your best source of new leads is the buyer you're working with right now. Yeah. Go go love on them. It's the seller you have right now. And you know, one of the things just from a tactical standpoint, just to get people's mind around what we're talking about. One of the greatest things that I love to do is before I list a property is I will take that seller and I will go and show them in person all of the properties that we will compete with. 
mm-hmm. and we'll, I'll show them all the properties because I want them to feel it. I want them to feel what the buyers will feel. And mm-hmm. oftentimes people are like, wow, this is a great idea. This is great, Brandon. I really like that you did this. We didn't even think about doing this. And it gives mm-hmm. that seller a whole new perspective. And then, oh, by the way, when we get done with that, there's a catered dinner waiting for them at their house and their family. So I don't have to worry about that because they met with me. I took their dinner plans away from them to meet with me. And now they get dinner on me as my first impression. So we do the tour and then we get a nice catered dinner just as an example. For our buyer mm-hmm. clients, when we close, we throw them a housewarming party for all cool. of their closest friends and family members. And we get it catered. We've got a cook uh, uh, at their house and we do some games and we do some raffles. And the people are like, that's your realtor? Yeah, that's Brandon. That's my that's my guy. That's my guy. Mm. And people mm. just aren't used to getting treated that way because most agents are like, let me get this thing closed. Let me get paid and let me just move on to the next one. No doubt. I, I think too, just to even just take it a step back, like those things are incredible. You know, I think, okay, that's what's that going to cost me? I'm a new agent, dot, 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 dot. The biggest complaint in real estate right? Let's talk a little bit about just communication. That's that right. is the biggest complaint. So how can we really deliver customer service, create raving fans simply through communication? Yeah. And it's funny because this is the next masterclass I'm working on uh, inside of our mastermind for all of those members. It comes out in July. Um, cool. it's, it's exactly what I'm working on because you're right. I mean, Steve, you know, Steve, uh, our mortgage mm-hmm. partner, we talk about all the time. We we you know we're all consumers of products and services in everyday life, and we, we're like, man, we could just kill it in any business that we're in because of just communication. Yeah. Car salesmen suck. I had to buy a trailer for my dirt bikes. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was just an absolute nightmare. And he and I say it all the time. Like, all you have to do is call people back, do what you say, and you are so much further ahead of your competitors. Because nobody answers their phones, nobody calls everybody back, and nobody does what they say they're going to do. That's the norm of client service. And so if you just Mm -hmm. did that, to your point, from a communication standpoint, where you told your client, here's what you can expect to hear from me, Mm -hmm. and then you actually do it, just that alone, that one simple tactic alone, will make the client feel at ease, lower their anxiety. It's like turning the lights on in that haunted house that I often talk about, right? So yeah, Yeah. communication is, is massive. And then just setting expectations, right? That's right. Um, I think that's a huge one that's missed where we often think that the the client, the customer, like they just, people often just tell them what they think they want to hear. But in reality, they don't follow through on that. So it's like, let's just set expectations. Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not the cheapest guy right? I'm not X, Y, Z, but here's what I actually am really good at. Right. And Alex Hermosi talks about that. Like if, if you lay out, Hey, here's some things that I'm really good at. Here's some things that I'm not good at. I'm not the Jack of all trades. You know, you can go to a, a, a big mega team and they're going to be super dialed in on this, that, and the other, but I'm just gonna be honest with you. They they might not treat you like family. Like I'm going to treat you like you're my mom. It, that's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna handle this. But I'm the one answering all the emails, right? So, you know, give me a little grace. Give me 24 hours to get back to you. I just want to set that expectation. But you know, hey, let's check in every every Thursday at noon. Let's do a check in, right? Just so we've Love got it. that on the calendar. 
What a great point. And, you know, there's a there's a philosophy out there that suggests that when you set expectations or boundaries with another mm -hmm. human being, the respect the other person has for you increases dramatically. And yeah. when you don't, the exact opposite happens. And how mm -hmm. true is that in our business of real estate? These Walked agents all said, over. They get walked all over and then they want to resent the client when it was mm. them that failed to set expectations, when it was them to set boundaries that like, hey, I go to bed usually around 10 p.m. So if you call me after that, like probably won't answer, you know, just simple yeah. boundaries. Human beings need to know their boundaries. They need to know they have to have clarity in order to mm. behave a, a certain way. And it's up to us as the professional to set those boundaries, to set those expectations up front. Mm. And then the client experience gets so much better. And that equal business stature is just that. It's equal. We have mutual mm. respect. And the client doesn't take advantage of you. And the client doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of them. Mm. Love it.